This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh, we're having problems over here. Rashad just broke his headphones. Oh, they're back. I I think I fixed them. Yeah, the the earpieces come off on those kind of easy. They get used a lot. A lot of people wear them. Gross. Yeah, your ears are infested by other people's ears, right? Probably. Yeah. Probably. You're, you're fine. Don't worry about it. This is hour two of one and a half here on Football Sunday today as we lead you into an NFL doubleheader. Seahawks are playing tomorrow on the fan, so uh, you will not be hearing them today. That starts uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow pregame, and then game starts at like 5.20-ish or something, and then... We'll have a little bit of a post game for you as well tomorrow on the fan for the Seahawks Falcons Monday night football game. But I did want to talk about this here. This was the biggest NFL story of the week on the field, sort of um, the Jerry Jones stuff is also kind of wild with him suing the NFL and Roger Goodell and all that kind of stuff. He's but, lost his old ass mind. I'm just, I just, that's what I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say that, but I think he might actually have a chance to win because he's Jerry Jones. Like remember Roger Goodell is employed by the owners. So he doesn't control them. They kind of can control him. And if Jerry Jones has enough power, as we assume he does in the group of owners, then he might actually be able to get something done. That's where I think it's kind of interesting with that situation. Uh, The whole thing is like everything that's gone on in the NFL over the past few years that has been enough for any owner to raise an eyebrow, your guy being suspended for six games, that's what, that was the, that, that was the trigger. You well, know, of course, he's selfish. What do you expect? Yeah, okay. Well, that's why. I, that's why I look at everything you're saying, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. You're gonna lose this old <laughs> man. Like, I don't really care anything you talk about. So, that that was kind of the biggest story. But I wanted to talk about this a little bit more. Tyron Taylor got benched by the Buffalo Bills for rookie fifth round quarterback out of Pittsburgh, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Who exactly? Nathan Peterman. Um, and this, th- I feel like this le- this story goes so deep like layers and layers deep. If you remember back to the beginning of the season, there was a conversation about whether or not the Bills were even going to bring back Tyrod Taylor. Remember there was trade discussions. They were going to try to trade him away. They didn't like him as their quarterback. Well, they kept him. They did draft Peterman, but they kept Tyrod Taylor. And lo and behold, they start the year, what, like five and two? Or five and, yeah, five and three. No, I'm going backwards. Yeah, five and two. And they looked good like Sean McDermott was turning that team into a team that actually had an effective offense the defense has always been pretty good and or or really good depending on the season and it was holding them into a lot of games and Tyra Taylor was a big reason as to why they were playing so well um then 
after last week, which was a very embarrassing loss to the Saints, 47 to 10, Tyrod Taylor was just 9 of 18 for 56 yards and a pick. They bench him. It's almost as if the Bills, in my mind, were looking, waiting for the first chance to bench Tyrod Taylor, the first bad game. And if you really look at his game log, he hasn't had a bad game up until that one. He's had some more inconsistent games. Week two, we only had 125 yards. That was their first loss of the season. But he's had a touchdown in almost every single game, up to two a couple of times. He only has three interceptions on the year. One of those was last week. So he was 10 touchdowns, two picks going into last week's loss against the Saints, which was forgettable from everybody, not just Tyrod Taylor. And they bench him. They're in a playoff race, the Bills are. I don't care if they lost two games in a row. They're in a playoff race. And they bench their starting quarterback for a fifth-round rookie out of Pitt. Pitt wasn't even good. Like, it, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Better than Tyrod, apparently. I mean, at least if you It's one game he played poorly. One. The whole team played poorly. There's something more than just he played bad. You know, maybe there's there's maybe something with the coach or that just doesn't happen. Like, the, I mean, maybe this is something that's been building we're not sure if it's from Tyrod's uh, part or if it's from coaching or from management. Whatever the problem is, uh, putting Tyrod Taylor on the bench does not help you. But let's be real. Uh, four, three months ago, we were talking about how the Bills were trying to tank. Does anybody remember that? They trade away all their best players. You know, they, they, it looks like for the most part they were trying to lose and and be in the the running for one of these young quarterbacks that are coming out and. Now they're in a position to where they're five and four. If the playoffs started today, they're in. Like, I mean, that's that's where the Bills are right now. And so you, you got to wonder, it's like, man, do you think Tyrod's one bad game? Like you said, he's got three interceptions on the season. One of them was last week. That's why he got benched? Nah. Yeah, Come I, on, man. I read, I read an article this, about his benching, about how he was a turnover machine. I was like, no, actually, if you go back in his career, he's – been very good about protecting the ball like he doesn't like it he more has a propensity probably to fumble it than than to actually throw interceptions he's pretty good about not turning the ball over it's I mean his probably number one weakness is he doesn't like to play in the pocket but outside of that yeah I don't I don't get this you the Buffalo Bills are really weird it does seem like they're trying to tank and then they're winning so then they go oh we want to win they trade for Kelvin Benjamin okay it looks like they're trying to make a run one week after having Kelvin Benjamin active on your football team, you decide to bench him and go with a fifth-round rookie while you're still in contention for the playoffs. What? Does it, but it does make I sense. Mean, this Doesn't, is even a little bit. Dude, it it was it's so funny because I listened to some Bills radio recently, and it's just that they're just like fans over there, like this is the Bills, this is what we are, this is the like Bills fans are. I, I know a lot of Bills fans. I'm I'm good friends with a lot because I went to Syracuse. They are. So ready to accept failure with their team because, well, it's the Bills. I mean, you know how the Bills are. I think I think it was Rob or Suke who said this this week, and I, I 100% agree with it. The Bills were looking for any excuse from the beginning of the season to bench Tyrod Taylor because the Bills do not plan on keeping Tyrod Taylor after the year. And they want to they want to see if they have anything with their rookie before they let Tyrod Taylor go, right? They want to see if Peterman can do anything or if they need to go actually get another quarterback because they are not keeping Tyrod Taylor. And look, I, I get it, right? He's not the most amazing quarterback out there. 
But for a team in the Bills that has been in quarterback purgatory for years until they got Tyrod Taylor, don't let go of a guy who's good enough to be an everyday starter. Don't do it. There's only a couple of teams right now in that quarterback purgatory, and it's awful. It's terrible. But, hey, if you're going to get rid of Tyrod Taylor, there's a lot of teams who are going to take him as their starter. There's a lot of teams out there who would be willing to give him a chance. I hope the Broncos would give him a chance. Yeah, I think he could run that offense great in Denver because he can move. Yeah, yeah I, he I can negate think, a lot of that offensive line problem. I just think it's one of those things, like right now for Tyrod, it's, it's unfortunate because he's been really good um, but not great. I think for, for the most part he's been just slightly above average. And when you're just average or just above average, like it's easier for people to – you know, take that chance and just yeah. bench you. Like when you're Brady. Well, he has 99, 89, 91 quarterback rating in the last three years, 20 and 6, 17 and 6, and 10 and 3 TD to interception ratio, over 3,000 yards passing the last two years. I mean, look, he's not the best. No one's saying that, but he's really good. And he's going to be better than Nathan Peterman. Come on. It's stupid. It's stupidity. That's what it is. No, you're absolutely right. I, mean, so, I, I can't uh, get around it. I there's can't. really no other way to. You can't even really explain it. Like, if somebody would ask you, man, why do you think they benched Tyrod? Like, there's something going on between Tyrod and management. That's all I can say at this point. That's all I would – I would, and I guarantee this story is going to get – we're going to start hearing more and more over the next couple days and weeks about why. Why didn't these guys move him at the trade deadline, though? Because you, you know there had to have been a team like – I mean, I, honestly, I'm with you. I'm like, if I'm the Denver Broncos, his contract's very friendly. It's very team-friendly. Like, oh, Trevor Simeon's not working. Brock Osweiler's definitely not the answer. Like we messed up the Paxton Lynch draft pick. Uh, exactly. Like at, at this point, it's like, well, maybe, maybe we should just bring this guy in. He's it our our offensive line sucks so bad. At least he's got some wheels and he actually doesn't like playing behind an offensive line. So like it's kind of a match. It works. You have all the pieces except for that. Exactly. Like, I mean, even the Browns would take him, right? Like I think he's so. better than Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. He's better than Kevin Hogan and Cody Kessler and all the options It would be the perfect something for, like, uh, I mean, Hugh Jackson was already willing to go out there and get a veteran anyways. It's not like he's an old veteran. He's still a young veteran. Uh, he's, what, in his fifth year or something like that? Yeah, he was but, the backup in Baltimore for a couple of years, I right? Mean, and yeah. Went to Buffalo. It's not a lot of wear on those tires. Um, and at the very least, a, a team like, like Cleveland, that would give you the opportunity to finally take a quarterback maybe that you think is the franchise but not – Think that I have to get him out there and destroy his his uh, self confidence. The game one. If I'm in Cleveland, I'm not ready to let go of T- Kaiser just yet. I think oh, he's, he's okay. Awful. He's got man. No, oh, I've dude. seen Kaiser make some super good throws, and it's just he doesn't have many things to work with. He's I mean, he plays awful. for Cleveland, dude. Kaiser's bad. Bad. Man, hey man, bad. I, I say, bad. You know I've who also Kaiser doesn't have anything awesome to work throws. with, and and isn't like touted and nobody cares about, and he's been a journeyman and he's been on like more teams than anybody in the NFL. Josh McCown, he's got nothing to work with, but yet every week he's got that team competitive and he's got a pretty good QBR. It's like the Browns, uh, the Browns draft the Browns are the Browns though to avoid Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. thought they they, they thought could the have other, taken Watson. Yeah, that lets you know everything you need to know about the Browns, man. Like they're they're Kaiser not sucks. they're a dysfunctional team. They're functionally illiterate. Kaiser sucks. I'm sorry, Rashad. I know you like him for some reason, but he's bad. Well, it's just the case. It's just the case. All right, coming up next, it's the final segment. It is our West Coast bias hater to love it. Chill version, no competition today. This is Football Sunday on the fan. Time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! 
Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had an ear in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Last segment of the show today, that's the West Coast Bias Open, but this is the Hate It or Love It music, and that means that we're doing a West Coast Bias Hate It or Love It, although Jesse has informed me that some might not be West Coast related today. I'm assuming he's passionate about something and wants to hear what we have to say. So, Jesse, uh, for those who don't listen, this is normally a competition. We usually go against each other and get points, and then the winner gets to host the final segment. But since the short show, we usually chill out in the last segment. We do this. There's no there's no last segment after this. So just a, just a hot take session here with the West Coast Bias. So, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. All right. Uh, we'll start off on the West Coast. All right. Yeah, we, it is a West Coast Bias version, so we'll try to do a couple West Coast um, or at least maybe start on the West Coast and move our way to the East Coast. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. Um, but I kind of brought this up earlier with you guys. The Rams have been really good. Like, that defense have been good. Thank you, Wade Phillips. And, you know, thanks, Rams, for taking our our offensive def- defensive coordinator. And thank you, Vance Joseph, for running off our offensive defensive coordinator so the Rams can be successful this year and we suck. Jesse's so salty. I'm so salty. Um only over the coaching staffs, really. That's 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 all I'm co- and the quarterback. And uh, yeah, I actually, I, once again, I stand by. I think Trev still has talent, but I mean, at this point, I'm I'm kind of I'm ready to let move on. Okay. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, so the Rams have been a much improved. Right before the uh, beginning of the season, they made a kind of a blockbuster surprise trade as they traded for Sammy Watkins, trading a second overall pick and. Uh, cornerback don't remember which one um to buffalo for sammy Watkins. now sammy Watkins has had some moments in fact the last two weeks he's had three receptions 105 yards and two touchdowns showing that he really only needs one touch to make it happen but he hasn't really been utilized by this team hasn't really been needed love or hate after sammy Watkins came out and said that this um his draft cap class is going to change the way free agency is for wide receivers they're going to break the bank love or hate He's going to test free agency, find himself a new home within the division, join Kyle Shanahan in the San Francisco 49ers. That's really specific. Have you seen something that leads you to believe that might happen? Or is it just your own personal opinion? Um, no. So this this has come kind of like, so So remember last year, I was like, Jay Cutler, not going to stay in Chicago. I kind of came up with the best fit, and I actually said Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, that was one of the things that we did about a year ago, probably almost like a year ago today. Um and, and granted, it took some really weird stuff to make that happen, but it happened. And I've thought a lot about Sammy Watkins, and I imagine he likes winning, but at the same time, he also likes money. And the way his plays and he's being utilized in, in L.A., that doesn't lead to making a lot of money, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, I get it. So right. I guess I'll buy it. I mean, the Niners need talent. The Niners don't have a lot of talent on that football team right now. Uh, they're they're going the full tank route of we're going to be bad and get a lot of high draft picks. And there's talent on the defense, I should say. They had a, a couple of high picks like, um, what's the safety? Eric Reed is that his name? It's a, the the guy they got. I think that's his name. Uh, he's really good. And they, they've got some good talent there. And Carlos Hyde's, of course, a good running back, more of a veteran now. And that Matt Breida guy has looked pretty good as well. But they need talent. And Sammy Watkins is that. 
However, I don't know how good Sammy Watkins actually is. Like, I know he's a good receiver. I know he has all the intangibles, and, he, and he, he's he's had good seasons and good stats before. But there's something to it in my mind that both the Bills and the Rams stop throwing him the football. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's the thing where in the, in the locker room he doesn't have the best attitude or he doesn't prepare as well or if he's not great at getting off blocks or something and he's not open as often. But both teams that he's been on have at some point stopped throwing him the football, and the Rams haven't really started throwing him the football except for one game. Um, but I'll say love just because I think he wants a new opportunity to be the number one in a team that might give him a lot of targets, especially like in San Francisco where they have nobody else. So, sure, love. Uh, see, you saw where my connections were there. Like, it makes sense. Like, Shanahan, that mine, no, nobody to contend with for targets. It could work. Uh, I mean... Trade a second round That's, that's incredibly... You, you don't that's, want to like you said, that's incredibly specific. So it, it is, and, and you can you can also say he's just going to test free agency and end up on another team. I just yeah, like, I see him. I mean, if anything, I, I see him testing free agency and going on another team. My, here's my thing with Sammy Watkins: I'm just not convinced that he's the number one. I think I think that's the big thing. Like he wants to be the number one, but I think wherever he's been, he just kind of keeps getting you know flushed off the, to the side as a number two. I mean, I think he doesn't really want to accept the fact that he's number one. I think he goes out there and tests free agency. He's going to get a lot of looks. But it's not going to be for the money that I think he thinks that he deserves, you know? And so even going to San Francisco is a situation where, at least for now, Pierre Garçon is the, the, the number one, you know, option there, you know, at least for now. Well, he's on so, the IR now, though. Yeah, so. but I mean, so, well, I mean, let's let's go ahead and say when he when he comes back, I think he'll still be the number one option there. Watkins is going to be number two. I think wherever he goes, he's going to be a part of a system. I think it worked well for him being, being in a... Uh, a ram soap for uh, this this part in the season just because he doesn't have to be the number one guy. I mean, Cooper Cup hasn't broken out yet, but everybody knows he's still a really uh, good receiver. Um, who's uh, who's their other Robert Woods? Robert, Robert Woods. Woods, exactly. Who's been Former having USC star? Who's been having a really good season, you know, so far. So I mean, he's got to accept that he's not going to be the best guy on on the receiving core for any team that he goes to. I, I See, I have a hard time buying that he's not a, a number one. Uh, that one, when he's been targeted, he basically catches everything that's thrown to him. If, if it's catchable, he basically catches it. Is he better uh, than Amari Cooper? Yes. You think so? Yes. I feel like they're like the same person. Uh, I, I think... Um, um, if they're see, the same person, the thing, number I, no, two. No, Amari Cooper gets targets and he sucks. Sammy Watkins gets one target, one catch, and he runs it for 68 yards for a touchdown. That's the difference between these two. Is the uh, is the option of getting targets like when he was healthy? And once again, going back to his 2015 season, he was a number one. You go and look at his his numbers, especially the second half of that season, he was a number one receiver. Um, but that was his only healthy season up until this year. He's healthy this year. That's what's nice helping him going into free agency. But he's not getting the targets. So that's the difference here. It, San Francisco, Pierre Garçon, I don't buy it. I don't think he's that great. He didn't even get in the end zone this year. If you go and look at the numbers, how many targets, how many receptions he had, he was, like, by far the worst, per, like, receiver as far as getting into the end zone is, is productivity. This is a guy who, like I said, only needs one target, one catch, and he gets you he gets you in the end zone. He's a, kind of a D-Jax type of guy. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's 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 move on. That was the longest one hater love it ever, by the way. Right. <laughs> it was, like, six minutes of discussion. Indeed. <laughs> Um, you know what? This will be our last one. This will be our last one. So I am going to go straight to the East Coast. We're going to jump all the way over there from west to east. Um, 
The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're kind of an interesting enigma. Sometimes you're like, man, I don't get them. They, they seem to not play well against bad teams. And then other times they look incredibly dominant like they did against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. Love or hate, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the most complete team in the NFL. Whoa. Hate. Um, first of all, before the Thursday game, did you know the Steelers were 7-2? and two? I, was, I mean, like they're 8-2 oh, yeah. and two right now. That's the crazy thing, right? Le'Veon Bell hasn't had a great season. Big Ben's looked bad a lot of the times, but yet they're winning almost every single game. I just That was one of the more shocking things is I kind of just wrote them off as being a team that was not playing as well, and I was very wrong about that. Um, but they're not the most complete team in the NFL, no. I think that uh, goes to the Eagles or the Saints right now, or even maybe even the Rams. I might even give that to the Rams, but I think the NFC has the best teams uh, the Eagles defense is not the best, which is why they might not be the most complete, but they have looked the most complete thus far. The Saints, man, we haven't talked about them. Maybe we'll, well, I'll be out next week, but maybe you guys can spend some time on them or we'll talk about them a little bit later. They, their offense is electric and their defense has been unstoppable lately. They might even be the most complete team in the NFL right now. And nobody's talking about it in terms of that in, in those words. So I'll, I'll hate it and, and say the NFC has the most complete team. Oh yeah. It's, NFC definitely has the most number of complete teams. It might be the Rams, about the Eagles. You talk about the Eagles, the Vikings, um, and then the Saints, and then the Rams. You know, there's only a couple AFC teams, but I think, I'm think i thinking I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. They're definitely the most complete team in football right now. All right. I put it out there. I agree with you guys. It, it's Eagles right now. Um, that that defense, the run, the run defense is no joke. Secondary uh, has played better. It's a little bit suspect. It, it, it is suspect, but they've played a lot better uh, second half of this first half of the season or whatever. And then you uh, you really think about um, that offense and Carson Wentz. And, you know, Man, I good. I wanted to reserve judgment because he did start out really good last year and then kind of trailed off. Man, this guy looks like he could be the real deal. He's, he's already looking better than a Winston or a Mariota. Um, I... I mean, really, I think you found this year you have two special guys up and coming at the quarterback position in Watson and, and Wentz, and Wentz is so special. Wentz Dude. just makes all the throws. It's pretty crazy. He does. He's He's got that build. He's just a big dude. He looks like he has a really fun personality that is infectious. He's super confident, which I like a lot, too, obviously. He he was confident last year, too, but he it's it's really obvious this year. All right, the upcoming schedule for us next week. I am out, but Rashad and Jesse will be here 9 to 11. Back to the normal time next week as the Seahawks are playing the Niners down in Santa Clara. The week after that, we will once again be 8 to 9.30 as the Seahawks have a Sunday night game against those Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so 9 to 11, 8 to 9.30, and then the week after that, we are off as the Seahawks have a 10 a.m. game at Jacksonville. A couple of tough games coming up for Seattle. The, the Falcons, Eagles, Jags, Rams, Cowboys. The What is that? Four of the last six games for Seattle. Pretty tough stretch for them coming up. All right, that's going to do it. So Rashad and Jesse out next week. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Or, or in next week. I'm out. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great holiday weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.